Osiris. David Goldstein. I am Brian Brinkman. You are tuned into episode number 51 of the Beyond the Pond podcast. This is the podcast in which Brian and myself generally use the music of Fish as a means of introducing the listener to other bands. These are usually non-jam bands because we love Fish very much. We are Fish fans. Noticed through the years, the problem with fish fans is sometimes they get a bit myopic. They only listen to fish. There is a world of other bands out there, bands that are both very legal and very cool. And our job is to use fish as a means of introducing you to as many other bands as possible. Absolutely. And here we are. We've crested 50 episodes. We are taking a stop taking a look back at the last year of our lives in music. We are joining hands with so many of our listeners here, and we are ringing in 2018 and celebrating the best music of this fantastic year in music. I don't know if it was a fantastic year for everybody otherwise, but in music is a fantastic year. And um, we're going to be talking about kind of our th- our big themes, our big takeaways from the year, um, some of our fans' favorite albums from this year, as well as counting down our top 20 albums of 2018. So, the outline for this episode, we got 2018 music in five sentences. Everyone who says you should love this album is wrong. Beyond the Pond community favorite albums, our 20 through our 11 of 2018. And finally, mine and Brian's top 10 albums of 2018. On that note, let's get to the not fish. Like a stray dog, loping into town, yeah. Paying me no attention as I trundle around, hunting you down. I'm gonna chase you down. I'm like a stray dog, loping into town. All right, guys. So kicking things off, we were chatting a little bit about how to summarize 2018. We figured we challenge ourselves to boiling the entire year down into five sentences. So this is 2018 music in five sentences. Dave, what do you got for us in terms of boiling this entire year down into a, a paragraph? Well, this is very personal to me. So the five sentences I will have, starting with the two best non-fish shows I saw this year were from dudes older than my dad. I could really have a legitimate top 50 this year. There was so much I liked, very little I loved. Every passing year, it's a little more acceptable for indie rockers to admit they love the dead. 
Man, you weirdos really love the Karambin record. You will always remember where you were. <laughs> it's funny. I think uh, it's almost like we do a podcast together because my five, my biggest takeaways from 2018 were Dylan, Neil, and Jerry. I liked a lot. I didn't have that one love this year, mm. although I have a top 50 that I will be posting to Twitter. Casvot uh, Voxed. We are in a new era of middle-aged singer-songwriters, and throughout my top 50 <laughs> are just loads and loads of singer-songwriters that would fit perfectly on the stage in the last waltz. And finally, four words, one sentence, psych, jam, indie, rock. WFMU core. I, I hugged WFMU core as tight as possible throughout the back half of 2018 and it made me so happy and as you guys will hear once we get into the community list man so many of you guys did too we joke because we love that stuff is great we love it we love it so for everyone who says you should love this album is wrong for me father john misty god's favorite customer i tried with father john misty again i just don't get it I don't get him, even when he's trying to be more sincere and make an album that kind of sounds like 70s John Lennon. I just don't have the gene. I'm sorry. I know Brian does. So. <laughs> I definitely tried with you this year. I mean, it's funny. And this is like the, the, the segment of this record is, I mean, obviously Dave and I talk a ton about music. As you'll see here, I mean, we've got, 20 plus people who submitted records that we all talk, you know, to via Twitter or we text him with, um, you know, there's always that record that your buddy texts you and it's just like, man, you got to listen to this. You got to listen to this and you don't get it. And uh, I'm just, I understand, man. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to happily take my father, John Misty into the corner with me and you can, you know, go off on your own, be a sad bastard without his sad bastardly long unending phrases and anecdotes that just, you know, they summarize everything for me. So I, I, I guess it's your loss, right? <laughs> That's fine. Um, I'm, to paraphrase, I think granddaddy, I am okay with my decay. That's good. <laughs> well, it's funny because we've texted a lot. I think about it's that. a granddaddy song. That. That might not be. That's not a granddaddy song. Someone call me out on it. <laughs> they will. I don't know. Um, yeah. It's funny because we've got a record here that you and every other friend of mine texted me about throughout February and March. And I've probably listened to, I don't know, 10 times trying to find it. And and by all I accounts. I didn't text you about it. I said it was good. I wasn't holy shit, but. Right. Well, you anyway. You, you definitely you 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 messaged me about it as your favorite uh, laundry folding record. I had probably yes. like five or six other friends who, in a matter of like a week, just kept texting me and saying, "Dude, you gotta listen to Krongbin. God, you gotta listen to the Krongbin. This is like the best record of the year already." And I listened to it and I was like, "At face value, Contoto El Mundo should be my favorite record of the year. It's very low key." It's kind of got that ambient groove to it. 
but I just can't do it. I don't know what it is. I even had friends who don't really care about music texting me saying, Hey, I just went and saw Krongman. You got to go and see them. And I just can't, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to potentially go and see them here in Colorado and I might just go to hang out with some people. Maybe that'll be the thing that clicks and I'll just regret everything about this. But yeah, that was the, uh, that was the record this year that everyone told me I should love it. And uh, they're all wrong. <laughs> oh, if I was going to go see Krongman, I would bring my laundry to Krongman <laughs> so I could, I could fold sheets and towels in my band shirts at the Crombin concert. And that's that's my great soundtrack for folding laundry in my room. Don't listen to it much else, but it's it's good. I mean, you know, it's got a very good, excellent grooves, kind of warm and fuzzy, uh, you know, good populist sound. I, I could definitely see why they're popular. I like that album. But are they the greatest things in sliced bread? No. 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 <laughs> segue into our next section I know we surveyed the Beyond the Pond community and asked uh, you guys to submit what you thought your five favorite records were of the year and we said that we would read them on the air and we didn't lie when we said we were going to do that because we're going to do that right now so we're going to start off with uh, Friend of the Pond good guy I mentioned before Sam Timberg he's on Twitter at, at Sam Timberg his top five are number five, Rolling Blackouts, Coastal Fever, Hope Downs. It's a fantastic album. Number four, Brandy Carlisle, By the Way, I Forgive You. Number three, Casvolt Vox, E-Rock. Number two, Lucius, Nudes. Number one, The Milk Carton Kids, All the Things That I Did and All the Things That I Didn't Do. I've lowered my glass to the table I fashion this smile from a dream The stars overhead bear their meaning Next up, we have John McGar, who's on Twitter at, at MCGARRJ. He's got number five, Phosphorescent, C'est la vie. Then Kasvodvox, Iraq. Floating Action, Heartache Essentials, Jim James, Uniform Distortion, a.k.a. My Morning Jacket Garage Rock, and Wooden Ships, Five. Have 
Dallas Way. Not sure what he is on Twitter. Doesn't really matter. Number five is Milo. Budding ornithologists are weary of tired analogies. That's the first I'm hearing of that album. I'll have to check it out. Number four, AAL, in parentheses, Against All Logic, 2012 to 2017. Number three, Kikagaku Moyo, Masana Temples. Number two, Earl Sweatshirt, Some Rap Songs. The Earl Sweatshirt features the uh, very 2018 rap trend of having quote-unquote albums that are under 25 minutes. See also Pusha T, Daytona. Dallas Way's number one album is Amen Dunes, Freedom. Every nigga that's tripping around, sir, is reminded that I gotta watch my step. I keep it quiet as cat. Yeah, I think I spent most of my life in prayer. Only thing on my mind was that. Didn't know my time was next. next yeah, yeah. Trying to refine the shit. I redefine myself. All right, moving through the BTP community list. We got a Twitter follower at Milwaukee Jam. I think that's at Milwaukee Jam. Uh, he submitted some records last year, with, gave us some great stuff. And we've got for this year, in no particular order, Richard Thompson, 13 Rivers, American Aquarium, Things Chains, Sarah Shook and the Disarmers, Years, No Name, Room 25, and Jerry Jeff Walker, It's About Time. No matter what you say, I'll be relieved. And I don't see a mess up your sleeve. And up next, every single BTP fan's favorite chef in the nation, Brian Lee Weaver. On Twitter, at Brian Lee Weaver, chef of Butcher and Bee, and soon to be chef of the Red-Headed Stranger, once that opens here in 2019. He's got, in no particular order, Joshua Headley, Mr. Jukebox, The Internet, Hive Mind, Sheck Ways, Mud Boy, Yellow Beezy, Ain't No Going Back, and Buddy, Harlan, and Alondra. Those restaurants are in Nashville, Tennessee, right? They're in Nashville, Tennessee. I should have mentioned that. If you are in Nashville, mm. Tennessee, and you don't go to the Butcher and the Bee, I do not know what's wrong with you. No. <laughs> and the tacos at Redheaded Stranger are probably going to melt your face. So there's that. Breakfast tacos, man. If you turn to reach for me, I won't be there. For this time, when I say it's really over This time, for the first time, I won't care So up next we got Kathleen Hinkle It's on Twitter, at Van City Visuals As well as uh, at Mike Side Dykes She helps run the Mike Side Dykes Side account Kathleen, you might remember from episode 31 earlier this year where we focused on the great curve, the great curve that wasn't. We had this big prediction that the great curve was going to open up curveball and um, we'll just pour one out. Oh, man. <laughs> we'll just pour one out for that. It didn't even occur to me at that 
that episode is even darker well, we in retrospect. Great time with Kathleen. She was a killer guest, and um, <laughs> we're gonna have to have her on again because uh, we'll have to have her on to talk about something that might actually happen in the future. Uh, but in any event, um, she's got her five records, starting with number five, David Byrne, American Utopia, Courtney Barnett, Tell Me How You Really Feel, Robin, Honey, Brandy Carlisle, By the Way, I Forgive You, and number one, Janelle Monet, Dirty Computer. This segment of the BTP community albums, we've got a bunch coming up here. We've got Paul Saylor, great, great friend of the pod, great dude. Um, tried to catch a bunch of shows with him in DC and we never made it work, but uh, really great guy. Uh, he's on Twitter at Coltrane1973. Uh, his number five is Phosphorescent C'est La Vie. Number four, Jeff Rosenstock, Post. Number three, Arctic Monkeys, Tranquility, Base Hotel, and Casino. Number two, Low, Double Negative. And number one, Casey Musgraves, Golden Hour. Advertising imaginative ways. Start your free trial today. Come on in the waters, lovely Someone you like, you're in the media strike. It is that easy. Luna service on a Saturday night. Okay, so as we were kind of both saying at the top of the episode, this year there was so much good music that we were into, we actually decided to put together each of us a top 20, which I think last year you just heard the top 10. So in this section, what we're going to do is just go through each of our 20 through 11 before we get into the top 10 portion. So starting out, I have my 20, Erica Wonderstrom, Sweet Unknown, 19, Low, Double Negative, 18, Restorations, LP 5000. They're uh, probably the best in breed of post-hardcore Bruce Springsteen acolytes. 17, Robin Honey. 16, band is called Nothing. Album is called Dance on the Blacktop. 20 OC's Smoke Reverser 19 a record that definitely uh, hit me later in the year and I have not been able to stop listening to for the last month uh, Arctic Monkeys Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino I blame Vegas for me loving that record uh, 18 Own Tricks Point Never Age Of 17 Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever Hope Downs and 16, Bob Dylan's remaster and reissue of Blood on the Tracks with a bunch of 
outtakes and b-sides from his new york sessions more blood more tracks Preoccupations, new material. That's the band formerly known as Viet Cong. Loved the first record, did not like the second record. The third one, total comeback. 14, Janelle Monet, Dirty Computer. 13, Low Cut Connie, Dirty Pictures, Volume 2. Number 12, the ever reliable Maryland redneck philosophers of Clutch. Book of Bad Decisions. Number 11, Steve Malkwitz and the Jicks, Sparkle Hard. Fifteen. I've got Ty Seagull's Freedom, Freedom's Goblin, his first of, I believe, three records this year. That uh, thankfully, um, what record label is he on again? Drag City. Yes, thankfully, Drag City became available on uh, Spotify earlier in 2018, and I was able to dive deep into his catalog, which is expansive and uh, totally worth all your time. And I loved, loved, loved that record. Uh, 14, Wild Pink, Yoke in the Fur. 13, What a Night This Was, Kazvot Voxt, Iraq. Never, ever forget where I was. 12, Spiritualized, first record in, I believe, six years and nothing hurt. And 11, what was once my number one album of the year and then just lingered around the edges for the entirety of 2018. Riley Walker's Death Man Glance. you with some more BTP community favorite albums. So we've got Ryan Smith, who's on Twitter at, at rsmith0603. He's got Big Red Machine, self-titled. That's the album that's um, I think the Destiners from the National and Bonnie Vare. Kind of sounds like outtakes from Sleep Well Beast with Bonnie Vare singing over him. Got Jason Isbell in the 400 unit, live from the Ryman. Robin, Honey. Lucy Dacus, Historian. It's a great record. And then Songs, Ohio, Love and Work, The Lioness Sessions. 
It was a Jason Molina reissue. How bad could that possibly be? guy named Kevin Brinkman, who I think is Brian Brinkman's brother, is he not? It might be some nepotism here, but uh, you know, I, told him, I told him we'd sneak him in here, you know? Yeah. Whatever, dude. He's on Twitter. <laughs> at Mr. Brinkles. Number five, he's got Rainbow Kitten Surprise, How to Friend, Love, Free Fall. Number four, U.S. Girls in a Poem Unlimited. It's definitely in my top 50. Three, First Aid Kit, Ruins. Number two, Krongbin, Con Todo El Mundo. Number one, Amen Dunes, Freedom. There's a rage of plastics. There's 24. I was doing my tan. All my days were Next, he's your friend and my friend, Ben Greenfield, on uh, Twitter as at GuyForgeOPT. You know him from such luminous things as being on episode 26 of Beyond the Pond and Nassau Tweezer, more recently episode 48, the Halloween episode. So he's got Yola Tango. There's a riot going on. Father John Misty, God's favorite customer. Omniotrix, Point Never, Age of. Stephen Mock, Listen to Jicks, Sparkle Hard. Phosphorescent, Say La Vie. And number one, Casper Vox, Iraq. Take a look around. It's exactly how it's supposed to be. Take a look around The shapes are hanging over me Take a look around The shapes are hanging over you Take a look around Stop trying to rush nature Slow it down Come to outlive our brains Knowing the distance as I frown Come to outlive our brains Ben Greenfield is also notable for standing with me with our arms crossed at the forum as we were pelted in the face with Fuego, Soul Planet, and Meat Stick during the second set of the of the second night of that show. Um, I've not sat with a guy who was able to take on as much um, uh, cynicism and also pure joy when Fish finally figured out how to jam out of perhaps their worst song of the last five years. So thank you, Ben. I needed your companionship during that. That Fuego owns too, though. Fuego is fantastic. Fuego is fantastic. But um, we all actually, when Fuego started, Ben looked at me and said, I was worried about this. And I knew that he was one of us. <laughs> um, so we've got Rob Brennan at Robert P. Brennan, number five, McKay and McCraven, Universal Beans, 
Number four, Kurt Vile, Bottle of In. Number three, Wild Pink, Yoke in the Fur. Number two, Father John Misty, God's favorite customer. And number one, Courtney Barnett, Tell Me How You Really Feel. As a fireman hosing off a metal gurney outside And my mind goes to the bend in the road And bloody asphalt all And I wonder how different some days go Then we got Nick Wilson who gave us six, six albums, Nick, and we're going to read them all, okay? <laughs> Number six, Nils Fromm, All Melody. Number five, Reckless Eric, Construction Time and Demolition. Number four, The Brian Jonestown Massacre, Something Else. Number three, Broncho, Bad Behavior. Two, Amen Dunes, Freedom. And number one, Parquet Courts, Wide Awake. See heaven, don't get down When I was a kid I was afraid to die Next, we got Justin Bruce, who can be found on Twitter at just one in Bruce. Justin Bruce is a weatherman in Vegas, as you guys all know. Um, I caught the last three nights of Vegas with him, as well as the last two nights of Dicks. All around excellent guy. I sung his praises during uh, episode forty nine. So to prevent him from getting a big head, I'll just shut up now. Um, number five for him: Krongbin Contoto El Mundo. Four, Kurt Vile, Bottle It In. Three, Casey Musgraves, Golden Hour. Number two, we've got Rolling Blackouts, Coastal Fever, Hope Downs. And number one, Courtney Barnett, Tell Me How You Really Feel. out this segment of the Beyond the Pond community albums, we've got the godfather of Osiris himself, the founder of Helping Friendly Pod, a, ma- a man, a myth, a legend, your friend and mine, RJB, who can be found on Twitter at RJB underscore two, where he is famous for dishing out horrendous opinions about fish while also talking about The Ohio State University. We've got top five for him, no particular order, Krongbin, Contoto, El Mundo, Kurt Vile, Bottle It In, Jeff the Brotherhood, Magic Songs, The Decemberists, I'll Be Your Girl, and the 50th anniversary uh, redo of uh, The Beatles' The Wet Album with a bunch of extra tracks and acoustic recordings and just a sprawling, fantastic uh, reissue of uh, an absolute masterpiece of a record, which um, ends up in my top 50 as well. I love that. I love that a whole lot.
now, the portion of the pod that you may have been waiting for, if you've listened up to this point, Brian and I are going to go through our top 10 albums of 2018, starting with 10 through 6. So, my number 10, Kurt Vile, Bottle It In. To me, this record was a total fucking comeback. I consider myself a big Kurt Vile fan. I don't know why I could not get into his last record, Believe I'm Going Down. But I think Violin is his best one since Smoking for My Halo. Just plenty of stoned, excellent philosophizing and guitar heroism, courtesy of Mr. Kurt Vile. I was on the beach, but I was thinking about the bay. Got to the bay, but by then I was far away. I was on the ground, but looking straight into the sun. But the sun went down, and I couldn't find another one for a while. For because it wasn't all burning feeling in my chest to fill the void of a long night unwatched by well the sun until the morn. I've got number nine, Parquet Courts, Wide Awake. This is a band that. I think it finally clicked for me, at least for them, on this record. It's um, maybe their most varied record, kind of combining intelligent punk rock and some funk. Danger Mouse did the production. He didn't over-Danger Mouse it. I think he uh, did a really good job. image power poppy shoegaze album from a bunch of young kids that actually worked at a comet ping pong in washington dc the pizzeria where um they actually have concerts in the basement as opposed to a child sex ring seven Coulter Wall Songs of the Plains one word whoa this is not what a 23 year old should sound like but in terms of some haunted haunted country music with a guy who sounds like he's got the hellhounds on his trail and every time he sings it's at a campfire you can't do much better once I was a wild dog on the trail to a kill to feed my existence. That's where I first picked up the scent to her. Wanted her for my own after kill. I've got number six, the self titled EP from Boy Genius, which is the uh, young supergroup. Uh, the female songwriters Phoebe Bridgers, Julian Baker, 
and Lucy Dacus, all of who put out uh, recent fantastic records in their own right. And when they combine their songwriting and their harmonizing, it is, uh, it's like Voltron falling on that ass. It's an uh, incredibly lush and beautiful record. Jumping in here with my 10 through 6. Number 10, I've got Father John Misty's God's Favorite Customer. This is the I Hope I'm a Good Husband record of the year. Uh, I listened to this like six times in a row the day that it came out. It was my number three record at the midpoint of 2018 and uh, was really only passed over just because there were some really great records that came out of the back half of the year as we'll, uh, we'll discuss here. But love this album uh it's a very much more mature version of i love you honey bear and a little bit more accessible version of uh pure comedy so definitely check that out if you haven't although based on this countdown a lot of our listeners have Number nine for me, Parquet Courts, Wide Awake. It's kind of crazy that we both have Parquet Courts here as our number nine record. Uh, Dave said some great stuff about it, having Danger Mouse produce this, but not over Danger Mouse it. I loved um, It's a very funky record. It's got cheeky political anger plus infectious grooves, which really summarized how I felt at about 6 a.m. every single morning of 2018. record at the halfway point of this year beach house seven i love beach house i know that they're not everybody's jam but uh i love what they do i love the sonic spaces that they live in i love that uh trey has gone on record saying that alex scally's guitar playing directly influenced the bethel uh waves not the tech waves the actual performance of the song uh, 527 11 uh this is just sonically stunning and a very unexpected next step for one of my favorite bands of the decade
seven, Jeff Rosenstock's post first record of 2018. I've got to imagine this was the first record released this year. Just perfectly political. Reminds me of my punk rock halcyon days from middle school and early high school. And um, just some fantastic songwriting, especially towards the back half of the record. Dubs out to down, trodden and dejected. Crash falling, grief stricken and exhausted. Trapped in my room while the house was burning to the motherfucking ground. Number six for me, Coulter Wall, Songs of the Plains. Woe is right. I listened to this record on a Friday night in October, slightly inebriated, wondering how in the hell does this 23-year-old kid sound as though he's died five times and come back. It's just haunting and just unbelievable songwriting. Very, very, very... um, very simple, but very much of a time and place that I love. So definitely check that out if you have not. Mr. Toronto man, go away from my door. You got my weed and canola seed. You're asking me for more. You better fly for I produce my 44. I'm just a prairie boy. Never meant none no harm Spend my day Making wages Out on Martin's farm Alright, jumping into More Beyond the Pond Community favorite albums Just doesn't stop coming We asked you guys for uh, your top five And you guys uh, you guys delivered So this was great for us um, Christian Hameter uh, With Coulter Wall Songs of the Plains Daughters you won't get what you want. Low double negative. John Hopkins singularity. And Ephraim Manuel Menuick pissing stars. And up next, if everything that RJB posts is wrong, everything that Jonathan Hart posts is right. You can find him on Twitter documenting Twin Peaks, as well as in-depth Twitter threads of uh, Grateful Dead shows on this date. Jonathan Hart can be found at J, also at Broke Down Pod. He is the host of the Broke Down Podcast. He was a guest on uh, way back in fall of 2017, Beyond the Pond, episode 16, Fishgrass, where we explored uh, the history of bluegrass and the history of fish playing bluegrass. Um, and we're, we've been cooking something up here with Jonathan for an episode in 2019 as well. So keep an eye out for that. Something pretty special. Um, he's got in no particular order. Um, and I should say one final note, Jonathan is uh, 
very much opposed to uh, posting top five lists before the year is over. So we apologize to you, Jonathan, for forcing you to come up with this for us. But it's got a great list here. 111 Heavy, Everything's Better, Prana Crafter, Enter the Stream, Daniel Bachman, The Morning Star, that showed up in my top 50 as well. Wet Tuna, Living the Die, and The Jaunty, Always Never Knowing. I think that Wet Tuna album, I know it was limited edition vinyl. I'm not sure if it's still in print, but if you can get your hands on it. Um, actually, I think the second half, Side B, was featured on the Jesse Jarno's Alternate Roots podcast. And I prefer I th- like the whole thing. But I like side B a little bit better than side A. Side A sounds like it was purposely recorded underwater. Had to listen to it twice to make sure my turntable was working properly. But uh, that's a very interesting record. We should pause and give a shout out here to um, Jesse Jarno and the Alternate Roots podcast. If any of our listeners uh, have not discovered that, it is an excellent, excellent entryway into the WFNU um type of music that we've been talking about here. A lot of the music that's being featured on our countdown, both on our list and a lot of the listeners here um, directly come from Jesse Jarno's alternate roots. So if you have not checked that out, uh, definitely please do so. But you threw fire over water You turned space into time But you never let that old devil get What was it right to mine and then finally, uh, we've got Brian Whitley at Brian Treese. Great follower. Uh, he's been, uh, this is like, I think his fifth time posting for our top albums podcast here. Um, we got John Prine, Tree of Forgiveness, Stephen Malcolmus, and the Jicks. Sparkle Hard. Courtney Barnett, Tell Me How You Really Feel. There she is again. Garcia Peoples, Cosmic Cash. Liz Cooper and the Stampede. Window Flowers. And 111 Heavy, Everything's Better. couple more of these we've got robert kerr who's uh at fish 1997 at 2017 also he's on twitter at b-o-b-b-k-e-r he's got no particular order beach house seven nico case hell on dj healer nothing to lose dj cozy knock knock sandro perry in another life, Casvold Vox, Iraq. So you got PJ Rudolph. One of the earliest backers of Beyond the Pond, good friend of ours on Twitter, at Axela Part 3. 
He's got number five, Lucy Dacus, historian. Number four, Wooden Ships, five, or V. It's like the Roman numeral five. Number three, Janelle Monet, Dirty Computer. Number two, Courtney Barnett, Tell Me How You Really Feel. Number one, Parquet Courts, Wide Awake. So I know how it felt. Pay for my coffee and leave before the sun goes down. Walk for hours in the dark, feeling all hell. Next, we have Ben Luckett, who's on Twitter at Hoops and Gooves. It's H-O-O-P-S-N-G-O-O-V-E-S. Jennifer Castle, Angels of Death. Garcia Peoples, Cosmic Cash. Krongbin, Contoto El Mundo. 111 Heavy, Everything's Better. And Al Doom and the Farids, Spirit Rejoined. From this round, we have uh, our buddy Rob Mitchum. He's an excellent follow. You can find him uh, on Twitter at, at @fishcrit, and also at his name at Rob Mitchum. And he uh, specifically gave us five what he considers to be overlooked gems of uh, of 2018. So he's got Sun Watchers two. Uh, I haven't heard that record. It is a fantastic free jazz freakout. Nils Fromm, All Melody, Yuzo Iwata, Daylight Moon, Nathan Bowles, Plainly Mistaken, and Tangents, New Bodies. And uh, certainly we're kind of looking to have Rob on the podcast in early 2019. So yeah, be on the lookout for that. kick off the section with our top five albums of 2018 i'm going to begin at my number five this is an album i spoke about earlier on beyond the pond this year band is called foxing album is called nearer my god and we're going to play the title track nearer my god this band sounds like uh, a tv on the radio album that band had money and wanted to go really big budget. So this is their third album. I guess they're considered to be part of the third wave of emo bands. I don't know exactly what that means, but this to me is a, uh, a big brash rock and roll album that's not afraid to go big and use some synthesizers. And the lead singer is fond of employing a, a bit of a falsetto, kind of very similar to TV on the radio's uh, Tunde Bimpe. But really, 
Um, when I first heard this album, I thought it was a bit ridiculous, a little overblown, almost like a, a fancy Imagine Dragons record or something to that effect. But then I realized I kind of couldn't stop listening. And then by the time I got to the fifth song, which is the title track, I was just slayed. That's is the glue which holds the record together and kind of uh, helped me understand the rest of the album. So I'd say if you're looking for a, a big emotional rock record, lots of keyboards, something in like a, a big Radiohead type vein, I would highly recommend you check out Nearer My God by Foxy. to this point in the countdown i feel like we've each heard each other's top five records so it's fun to hear these like where they fell for each other like that foxing record i feel like dave and i texted back and forth about i don't know you know for a week straight as i was listening to it as dave was getting big time into it so it's awesome to hear that here in your number five um for me my number five is a band that um you know, if we didn't agree on this band, it would almost be like us not agreeing on the band Fish mm. uh, and even the War on Drugs, but more so Fish in the sense I just don't think we could do this podcast if we had a disagreement about this band. Um, and that is Yola Tango, uh, the album There's a Riot Going On, and I'm going to play the song For You Too, which is far and away my favorite track on the record and one of my favorite songs of the whole year. Um you know, it's always a big event when Yola Tango releases a new record. Their last, I want to say proper record was Fade in 2013. Yeah. I know that they had a record in 2015, but wasn't that a lot of like covers? Uh, yeah, stuff like that there. That was stuff like that kind of there, supposed yeah. to be like the sequel to their fake book album that was kind of covers and odds and ends. Yes. Yes. And, and Fade was a great record that made my top 20 of 2013. Um this record though it started to trickle out in early 2018 um started to hear rumors of it i think they released at 1.4 singles in a single week um you know what what it really comes down to this is one of my favorite bands of all time making a companion piece to my favorite record of theirs which is 2000s and then nothing turned itself inside out and you know, I was thinking about where to plot, slot these guys because they could have really gone a lot of places. And I think Dave and I talked about how this record was really symbolic of the year overall in that there was a time where this was – I don't even know if this was even in my top 20. Um, and I was like, it's such a great record. I don't know where to fit it in. And I ultimately you know, decided – I came back to this record a ton 
as the seasons changed month to month, I just kept listening to it. And really not enough praise is heaped upon bands who are capable of staying creatively strong 30 plus years into their career. And they deserve all of our praise. And the fact that the band is able to come up with a record, this creative, this sonically engaging, it's very mellow. It's very three o'clock in the morning, subdued sounds coming throughout it. Um, It's just a fantastic, fantastic uh, example of, connection and songwriting and friendship from one of the best indie rock bands of all time. Yeah. I think the reason that a band like Yola Tango doesn't quite get, I mean, they get plenty of respect from the indie rock press, but I mean, you may not hear about them just because bands that do this 30 years into the career, they aren't really sexy. Right. Right. In, this, <laughs> in the sense that we know Yola Tango is great. We know they only put out good records. They can sell out, you know, like 2,000 seat venues in most parts of the country. They don't have day jobs. It's what they do for a living. And it's just very good and workmanlike. And yeah, I like, I think this is a great record. This probably, if I was going to do my top 30, this would have been like 21 or 22. Due to the more ambient nature of the album, the more like late night, I guess, quiet, kind of put it on as high quality background music, I'll admit. I did not listen to this album quite as much as Fade or even the one before that because it's not poppy. It um, certainly has some catchy bits, but it's more of like uh, the immersive listening experience. But that's certainly not to say that it's not very good. It just doesn't contain, you know, like an autumn sweater or like Sugar Cube, like Little Honda, one of, you know, like the live... Yeah, I think for you too is like the closest. Like the first four yeah. tracks in the record are as close as they come to like stuff off popular songs or fade or um, you know. But yeah, you're absolutely right, and I, that was part of what appealed to me in the long run was the ambient nature of it, which we all know that's a huge thing for me. So this was Yola Tango really tapping into what I love and um, really dug this record. So let's go ahead and listen to for you too off of Yola Tango's "There's a Right Going On." Blackouts, Coastal Fever, Hope Downs. And the song we're going to play from that record is called Talking Straight. And frankly, this is the kind of album that I didn't really think people made anymore. It's an extremely pleasant, quote, college rock album that seems like it was taken from an era when the words college rock actually meant something. These are just great songs, great hooks. There's no artifice. This is just 
friendly Australian guys you'd want to hang out with making breezy pop rock with an extremely cracked rhythm section. I mean, in terms of being something you can put on with every song is propulsive, every song is hooks, everything sounds good, it's so pleasing to the ear. I mean, a corollary could almost be R.E.M.'s Murmur. Just, this is an album I could put on and find pleasure at, at any time. I will say probably the two best songs were the first two, uh, the pre-release singles being Talking Straight and uh, the song Mainland, which in particular is one of my favorite songs of the year. Like I actually saw these guys um, play Rough Trade in Brooklyn back in, I think, May. And the set, I think, was exactly 51 minutes long. It was perfect. No encore. Didn't play any longer than that. They just got up there. They did their thing. They talked to the audience. Uh, the red-haired guitarist knocked over my beer on the way to the stage. That's okay. Didn't mind. Just, it seems like almost strange to use the word pleasant as to like say something positive about a band. That's just the word I keep coming back to. It's a pleasant breeze of rock and roll, this record. Yeah, this record came out in, I want to say early summer, and I think we both uh, were immediately uh, attached to it, immediately connected to it. I know that we featured it in one of our episodes, and I don't think it was just a new album. Uh, I think we actually like utilized it as a uh, feature within an episode, if I'm, if I'm, mis- if I'm not mistaken. Um, but um, this was a summertime, sit on my porch, listen to music. Uh, like you said, college rock-esque album that um, could really do no wrong. Uh, it was kind of one of those records that no matter who I had over, I could put on. And they always kind of stopped at one point and were like, who's this? And that is a good uh, kind of young uh, record to be to be putting out. So I definitely, definitely enjoyed this record. And I cannot wait to see what these guys do in the years coming forward. Sweet. Let's listen to Talking Straight from my Rolling Black Ass Coastal Fever. Hope down. My number four record is um, Casey Musgrave's Golden Hour. Song that I'm going to play off of it is Oh, What a World. Um, Casey Musgrave's put out what I would say is perhaps best produced record of 2018, filled with really incredible songwriting. I I could really never get enough of this album. I listened to it throughout the entire year. First time I listened to it was on a drive from uh eastern no western indiana all the way to denver as i was moving westward to denver back in march this uh album was on probably three times in the car it's definitely a pop record but it goes a lot deeper than that um casey musgrave's lyrics are um not really of the level that i tend to relate to but i find myself there's a lot of earworms in the lyrics here that just get stuck in my head. 
The production on this record, as I mentioned, is very, very clear, very tight. Um, but she does a really great job of fusing a very traditional singer-songwriter lead female country song um, style with synthesizers and effects that really make it um, a really unique record here in 2018. Um, I certainly recommend all of our listeners check this out. I was pleased to see how many of our fans already are into this record. Um, Dave, did you get into this record this year? Yeah, this album's great. I mean, to me, this is less of a country album and more like 80s Fleetwood Mac or uh, like a Heim yeah, yeah, yeah. album. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's produced Sean Everett, who uh, had a hand in this also. I think he produced uh, the Mike Gordon record, A Go-Go, and uh, several other excellent sounding records. I think he was even featured on um, Stephen Hyden's Celebration Rock podcast talking about this record at one point. Yeah, it's probably, like you said, one of the best sounding records of 2018. I can listen to it for about 25 minutes at a time. I mean, she's she gets a little bit hokey, maybe in like the back half of the record, like Velvet Elvis and uh, High Horse, the disco song, uh, whatnot. But no, it's uh, it's very good. It's certainly something I listened to several times. She was good at Farm Aid. I saw her. She certainly held her own on stage, too. Yeah, like I said, I just, um, this kind of followed me around the year and um, definitely enjoyed it more than I kind of expected to. And I uh, would encourage anyone out there who hasn't heard it to check it out. So let's listen to a little bit of Oh, What a World off of uh, Casey Musgraves' Golden Hour. My number three, which memory serves as my number one at the midpoint of the year, band called Ice Age. Let's pronounce Ice Age. Ice Age. Not sure. Album is called Beyondless, and the song we're going to play is the second song on the album, Painkiller. Painkiller is probably my favorite song of 2018. It is a duet between their singer uh, Elias Ronenfeld and. Um, Sky oh Fiera? Sky Fiera, Sky Ferreira, yeah, exactly. Who uh, also did a great duet last year with uh, Bobby Gillespie on last year's Primal Scream album. So basically, Ice Age, they're, um, this is their fourth album. I think they're all still only in their early 20s because they got started when they were teenagers. They are uh, angry young Danes who made a pretty amazing goth rock record. 
Um, originally, they were kind of like a sloppier, feral, hardcore band. They didn't have as good a command of the English language. And I think they were wrongfully associated with some white supremacist groups. <coughs> but now uh, they kind of have a gothy doom and groove type thing, which kind of has a lot more in common with um, gothic art rock, sort of like uh, To Bring You My Love era PJ Harvey, anything that Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds have done, you know, sort of the dramatic swoon. And it's also a very excellently produced record. They get benefit of uh, their string sections, just some horn sections, and, you know, it exhibits a heck of a lot of depth. They've made uh, some big leaps I think out of all the records, um, they came close with the third album, Plowing Into the Field of Love. But this is the album where you hear the click. And I think, to God, they played New York City at least like eight times in 2018. But each of those times, I was either out of town or had something else to do. I would have really liked to have seen them live. I know, I think the most recent time they played here was the Sunday after the weekend of Thanksgiving. And I was driving back to my parents' house, and I said, no, I'm not that crazy enough to go see a band like the fucking Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend after I've been eating and drinking and driving for the past three hours. (laughs) That's not going to (laughs) happen. But, yeah, I kept going back to this record, and I think that they're going to have quite a future ahead of them if they can... um, If they don't break up, somehow I could see them just imploding because there's some strong personalities in that band, but yeah. So uh, let's listen to the big glam rock glitter bomb. That is painkiller by ice age on the Beyondless record. Number three 
is record by an artist that uh, Dave's already talked about a little bit, but um, similar sense for me, I could not get into his last record, even though I love this guy a ton. And I loved, loved, loved this record from the first moment I heard it. Kurt Vile, Bottle It In. Song I'm going to play off of this is uh, the peak song on the entire album. Ten minute opus. I'm not going to play it all, but uh, snippet of it. If you like this, you will uh, you will dig the entire song. Skinny Mini, which to me is as close as Kurt Vile's come to sounding like Mark Knopfler in like mid '80s Dire Straits. Um, so I discovered Kurt Vile with the help of FantasyTour.com. Someone posted the album Childish Prodigy back in early 2010. He was playing the Pitchfork Festival. Also happened to be the first time I. Saw one Adam Grandshield. Um, loved Childish Prodigy. Loved Smoke Ring for My Halo. Really loved Waking on a Pretty Days. Um, that record came back to me again when I became a dad because that is such a early dad, you know, asleep at the wheel. Holy crap, what has just happened in my life? I'm too tired to notice type of record. Unbelievable stuff. Um, was not into Believe Him Going Down. Well, it's well documented. I was not into his record with Courtney Barnett. I'm not a huge Courtney Barnett fan, though. Um, but this record, man, it's got all the traits of a Kurt Vile record that I want. Long songs, great guitar solos, great guitar riffs, really funny puns and great lyrics throughout it. It... Um, it feels like you're just hanging out on a road trip with Vile, and um, it's kind of exactly what I need with the dude. And uh, this kind of speaks to what I was saying earlier in the podcast with um, uh, with regards to kind of this like middle aged singer songwriter that's come out. It's uh, it's amazing to hear a guy like this who I've been listening to now for almost ten years, just evolve as a singer, evolve as a writer, and um, just hear him at this point in his life and his career. I'm absolutely loving it. So. Bottle it in, man. What did you think of this? Like I said before, total fucking comeback. I like this. I yeah. mean, I think I put this album number 10. I love this album. It should be noted that the first song on this record, Loading Zones, is Kurt Vile bragging about his ability to find good parking in Philadelphia, <laughs> which kind of tells you all that you need to know. But no, in terms of I just kind of what I want from the guy is rambling stoner philosophy epics mixed in with more right concise songwriting and again i don't know why i didn't really like believe him going down i think the production was a bit glossy i actually happen to like the uh the lot of sea lice kurt uh vile courtney barnett record unlike you but this is yeah if uh painkiller but ice age is my favorite song of the year my second favorite song of the year is Skinny Mini. That song is amazing. It's got these all-encompassing bursts of feedback that come out of the speakers that make you say, whoa. Yeah. Followed by the soloing. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that song is great. The song Bass Ackwards, also totally great. Cold Was the Wind, title track. It's just, um, it's, I think by far his best record since uh, Smoke Ring for My Halo, which is still probably my favorite Kurt Vile album. But this was uh, very, very good. Totally was. Let's go ahead. Let's listen to Skinny Mini right now. (laughs) 
before we get into our final two records, our top two records of 2018, we're going to run through our last BTP community favorite albums. So coming first here, we got Noah McGee, who's on Twitter, at Noah K. McGee. Noah sent us like 50 records, and while we appreciate your enthusiasm, we are not going to post 50 records, but thank you. We are so glad that there's someone else who's listening as expansively as we are. His top five, we've got Cave, Always. Number four, Parquet Courts, Wide Awake. Number three, Minami Deutsch with Dim Light. Number two, Michael Now, The Mighty Thread. And number one, a controversial choice. A lot of issues going on with the band right now, but Hookworms, Mike Burschild. Next, we got Eric Lundquist, who's on Twitter, at erock3382. Eric sent us a very simple message. A lot of great music I've listened to this year. Not sure what's on my top five, but I know that Kamasai Washington's Heaven and Hell is there. And we respect that, so we, we decided to include it. got a Twitter follower by the uh, handle Zawheels Z-A-W-H-E-E-L-Z up first bear with me here we've got Michelle Ndegocella I think that's per- pronounced correctly with Ventriloquism John Medeski's Mad Skillet album title Mad Skillet and the Nels Klein 4 Currents Constellations. So next we have Art Fay, who's on Art Fair, uh, Fay or Fi, not entirely sure. His, uh, it's at Art, F-A-I-X. He's got Father John Misty, God's favorite customer. Jay Mascus, Elastic Days. Rainbow Kitten Surprise, How to Friend, Love, and Free Fall. Richard Swift, R.I.P. The Hex. Cat Power, Wanderer. This is a kingdom of heaven. Scotty King, Scott, I'm sorry, Scott King, who's at Twitter, at Mr. Scotty King. Number five, Bahamas, Earth Tones. Number four, Leon Bridges, Good Thing. Number three, 
Stephen Machmus and the Jicks, Sparkle Hard. Number two, White Denim, Performance. It's a record I didn't care for at first, grew on me considerably. Number one, Parquet Courts, Wide Awake. Somebody goes by the name Individual One Junior at <laughs> SF Bike Messenger. Only one album here. Yeah, it's Crombin. Great Twitter handle there. Uh, we got JT, who's on Twitter, at G Revart. One record from him, too. Circles Around the Sun, Let It Wander. Now that was a popular record amongst many groups here on Twitter. One for Chuck. Cats. Circles Around the Sun. Come on. Funk, who is the technical wizard co-host of HF Pod. We've been talking a lot about a Matt Dwyer BTP episode here in 2019, so we're going to do everything we can to get that out here in winter, early spring of this year. Got a lot of good stuff here going um, conversation standpoint here. I think it'll be a lot of fun for you guys. Honorable mention, The Beatles, White Album, 50th Anniversary Edition. Number five, this is a late entry into the year. Great, great record. Jeff Tweedy's Warm. Number four, Father John Misty's God's Favorite Customer. Three, why not? It's the year of Krongbin, Contoto El Mundo. Number two, Neil Young's reissue of the Tonight's the Night live performance at the Roxy. And number one, Casey Musgrave's Golden Hour. Baby, mellow my mind Make me feel Like a schoolboy on good time Juggling nickels and dimes Satisfied And up next, we've got the mayor of Taco Town, USSA He's on Twitter, at beer underscore hef Three records, no particular order here. Jim James, Uniform Distortion. The Jayhawks, Backroads and Abandoned Motels. And Neville Jacobs, Self-Titled Record. Tell me now if you came sneaking up behind Would you know me, see behind the smile Next, we've got Miarf, aka Jesus H. Vice, 
aka Nick. He's a Osiris social media guru. Helps us out quite a bit. He's got two records. He's got Outer Heaven, Realms of Eternal Decay, and recent Anderson Pock, Oxnard. Josh Carver is on Twitter at Nola Socks. He helped us out back in episode 17, the Wilco Deep Dive. He's got Janelle Monet, Dirty Computer, Big Red Machine, Big Red Machine, Nico Case, Helon, Father John Misty, God Silver Customer, and the Sons of Kemet. Your queen is a reptile. out the community picks we have our good friend ryan nichols on twitter at ryan nichols seven he of course joined us for the youtube deep dive that was episode 33 and 34 he's got his number five mac miller r.i.p swimming and he's got low double negative arctic monkeys tranquility base hotel and casino he's got mgmt little dark age in an album that was released last week, although they released a ton of singles before, the 1975 a Brief Inquiry into Online Relationships. here on the east coast in the home stretch for my number two album of 2018 i have one of my favorite bands of all time spiritualized album is called and nothing hurt the song i'm going to play is on the sunshine this is the frontman jason pierce he's basically the band i think this is his best front to back album in 21 years of course 21 years ago, he released the monumental masterpiece, Ladies and Gentlemen, We Are Floating in Space. And if he really says that this could be the last spiritualized album, frankly, I don't believe him. This is a heck of a way to go out. It also kind of serves as a great career overview of everything that he does well. And really, nobody does space rock melodrama like spiritualized and the level of instruments and orchestral cacophony on um, the free jazz kind of freak out songs in this album is considerable. And really there's very few artists that are as equally adept as uh, lush balladry and blowing your eyes out through the side of your head. And I guess reportedly, um, I think he said that he recorded and arranged the entire album himself with Pro Tools. I mean, I think he would have had to have some musicians come in just from like the sheer amount 
of instruments on the album, but it's kind of took him forever to make just because he was doing so much himself. I know the last spiritualized album I think came out uh, in 2012. That was Sweetheart, Sweet Light. But everything on this record is good. It is very lush. It is very affecting. And then when he wants to rock out, oh my God, he rocks out. And the one we're going to play on the sunshine is just a sunburst of rock and roll and horns and brass and strings. It's just uh, everything I want my rock and roll music to sound like. What do you think about this record, Brian? This record, um, so I loved Sweetheart, Sweet Light. That was um, my kind of introduction to Spiritualized. I was I was late to the party. Um, this record came out uh, mid-September, I want to say, um, which I think was probably the best release period of the year, um, followed just closely behind by early June. Um, there was just a ton of great records that came out in early September this year. I went through a probably three week spiritualized deep dive uh going so far as to try to push dave to do an entire spiritualized episode i became just obsessed with this with uh uh, jason pierce and what he does here i love this record um i think it would have made my top 10 um had some of the records from earlier in the year kind of like fallen out for whatever reason but uh they hung around um I, i it's it's warm but it's also, you know, got that um, kind of signature darkness to his songwriting. Um, this also came out at a time. I mean, fallout here in Denver is pretty epic from a weather, st- from a temperature standpoint. It's um, gorgeous out, kind of all day for about six weeks straight. And uh, a record like this just threw in my headphones, kind of lived in my own little world, bobbing through the city and up in the mountains. It was fantastic stuff. I have nothing but good memories from this record. And it will definitely be one of those albums that I think about a lot when I think about what 2018 means. So let's listen to On the Sunshine by Spiritualize off of And Nothing Hurts. On the sunshine in the morning It's a darling thing of a brand new precious record is low double negative and the song that we're going to play off of here is always trying to work out 
So this is the 12th record from the Duluth Trio. It's their sixth for Sub Pop. This record just sounds like it's disintegrating in front of your eyes. It's a protest record that proves how far America has fallen in the past two years, and it has to be heard in full, preferably with headphones, to be truly appreciated. For me, this record, I kind of equate it with the Yola Tango record I was talking about earlier, um, in the sense that this band's been around since the mid-90s, and the fact that they're still making records like this this deep into their career, is just it deserves praise. Um, but for me, this really summarizes where I've come as a listener over the last decade. And as I kind of, as we move into the final year of the 2010s, and I start to think about how much music I've consumed over the last 10 years and how much I've changed and grown as a listener and new music that I've allowed into my life and new music that's really connected with me as a result of that, this record's kind of a summarization and culmination of that. So from the first second I threw this on, it just really hit me. Uh, sonically, it's not really engaging at all. It's a really challenging record, but again, it's something that has to be heard in full. Um, when I started getting into ambient music back in the fall of 2009, I really dreamed of a rock band capable of crafting a record this thematic and this minimalistic. It fuses so much of what I love from singer-songwriters with, say, Tim Hecker. And um, I'd recommend this to anyone who likes the music I try to push here on this uh, this uh, podcast. And I think that it's um, just a fantastic display of, you know, you work hard year after year after year in a art project that's ongoing. And at some point you turn a corner and you get to a pla- you get to a place in your career that you never thought you'd be. So I love this record. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, this is a holy fucking shit album. It's yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit terrifying. It's not yeah. something you just put on. You definitely don't put it on at a party unless you want the people to leave. <laughs> it's um, yeah, this is a record. The first few times I heard, I had to make sure that my headphones weren't malfunctioning because it kind of had some. There's parts that kind of go in and out and i think uh the first time the vocals came in on the third song on fly i kind of like jumped up because i wasn't prepared for vocals to come in or it was a little bit frightening this is yeah you got to listen the first few times you hear this you have to hear it in full you got to listen to it front to back and it's really you'll probably sit there in stunned silence i don't think i listened to this album as much as i should just because a lot of my listening takes place in headphones, walking in the city, listening on the subway, and it isn't really appropriate for that so much. This is more of like an immersive, at-home, lights-out kind of like listening experience. But, yeah, as a technical, it's arguably the most impressive album of the year. I mean, there's things I liked more to listen to just as an artistic achievement it's kind of hard to beat totally totally agree with all that um so let's go ahead let's listen to always trying to work it out from low off of double negative
we've come to the end of the road. So my number one album that I probably listened to the most in 2018, listened to it today, brings me lots of pleasure. Album by Wooden Ships, five. It's like the Roman numeral for five. On the cover of the album, it's two concrete fingers making a peace sign. It's the V. And the song we're going to play is called Already Gone. So if you'll recall in a recent Beyond the Pond episode, I think our like top 10 fish shows, the favorites that we attended, I uh, recently talked about how on October 27, 2013, there's a version of the song Tweezer, which I refer to as the service dog tweezer. Well, to me, this is a service dog album <laughs> in the sense that nothing lowered my pulse in 2018 as this wooden ship's record. I mean, it breaks absolutely no new ground. It's just a wonderfully paced, effortlessly cool 37 minutes of shaggy psych rock played by West Coast stoners with really cool beards. I mean, I will say the front man, Ripley Johnson, he is one of those like super thick gray with streak of black beards that I think can only be grown by people who play this type of rock music. And they thrive on repetition with sneakily cool guitar solos, vintage organ licks. Uh, the early stuff was more of um, kind of like Sister Ray style, Velvet Underground, freaky deaky noise rock. And since then, they mellowed out somewhat. And actually, uh, some of the weirder stuff kind of gets uh, shunted off to frontman. Ripley Johnson's side project with his wife, which is uh, the more robotic kind of shoegazy jams of the band Moon Duo, who I think we featured in um, maybe the top 10 of 2017. They put out two records, both of which are fantastic. So if you like this, definitely check out Moon Duo. So in terms of just a summertime barbecue album, it sounds great on your porch, great in the car, or on your couch after you've been drinking IPAs and you're sicking yourself into it. This is as good as it gets. This is one of the few albums that me and my wife could agree on in the car (laughs) because maybe as I get older, I want excellent psychedelic rock and roll to lower my pulse, mellow me out. Maybe that's a product of living in um, the quote unquote president's America. I don't know. But this album just did it for me in all those ways in 2018. Yeah, this was, um, this is in my top 30. It did not, I mean, I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's definition of like where our tastes go. I, I, I agree with everything you're saying. And, um, I definitely loved this record. I think that this record for me defined kind of where my interest went this year. You know, we were talking about, Jesse Jarno's podcast, talking about WFMU, talking about this psych indie rock kind of uh, jam bleeding over. And this record kind of felt like a lot of that to me, Uh, a lot of combinations of that. It felt like summertime, drinking beers, and um, really just cool amalgamation of a lot of different styles that I'm super into in a lot of separate ways. So it was cool to hear it all together. And uh, if you like this album... Check out their previous albums. I know the one that came out before this, Back to Land, the first song of that is the title track, which just sounds like a Choctaw's Torture Jam. It's kind of funny. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the song we're going to play off this 
that's already gone from Wooden Ships 5. number one record of 2018 it's another one of those september releases this is jeff the brotherhood's magic songs the song i'm going to play off of this is parachute Uh, so this is just a fascinating display of psych rock and shoegaze and songwriting all combined it's the 11th album from the nashville brothers and their first since being dropped from the warner brothers it's a really sprawling record it's an engaging record it's the first record, uh, or it's a record that I've loved since the first second I heard it and have really never been able to totally figure it out. And I think that's part of what fascinates me about it is every time I dip back into it, it's like one of those just great fish jams where you listen to it, you know, 20 times and you're like, wait, when did that part turn into this part? Uh, what, how do these two pieces connect? It reminds me in some cases of the Nassau bathtub gin from 2003 where I was just Every time I heard it, I was like, how did this change and become a funk jam? Um, Every listen has been engaging and all-inclusive. I think this record takes the cake as uh, the number one record I I went towards every time I took my dog for a late evening walk in the fall and uh, just spun this like crazy. It really summarizes where 2018 has been for me musically. Not a ton of huge record releases from big artists. But a lot of records fascinated me with each listen, each time I heard them, and opened my eyes to music that was both familiar and distant all the same. And helped me to understand that there are a crop of really excellent songwriters out there who jam, and not the other way around. And uh, I'm liking this whole indie psych rock jam community that uh, is building up right now. And this kind of um, signifies that in a lot of cases for me. So... Jeff the Brotherhood's magic songs. I mean, what were your thoughts on this, Dave? I've got to listen to it more. I certainly like what I've heard. That the song you're going to play, "Parachute," that's especially gorgeous. I think what I have heard of this record kind of reminds me a bit of the Flaming Lips album, "Embryonic," which is like that's the one where the cover of the guy has his like face getting squished in. Yes, but, yes. No, for me, I mean, when I think of Jeff the Brotherhood, I think of. Like Happy Go Lucky Stoner is obsessed with Weezer's Blue album. So <laughs> when I heard this, I thought, ooh, this is 
a big, albeit interesting, changeup. So, no, I need to, I need to spend more time with it. But I certainly have liked what I have heard so far. I remember you started texting me about this record when I was shopping for a suit in uh, Macy's in Herald Square. Going uh, down the escalator, my phone started to blow up. And you're like, holy shit, this album. And I said, Jeff, the Brotherhood, those are those... Those are those like stoner goofballs who produced the Colleen Green record. And you're like, no, this is incredible. So it, it, it was incredible from listen one, and it still gets me here all, all, all these months later. All right. Let's go ahead. Let's listen to Parachute off of Jeff the Brotherhood's Magic Songs. So in lieu of recapping every song that was played here, uh, rest assured that <laughs> songs that you heard here will be posted to the Spotify playlist when this episode goes live. Absolutely. And uh, just a quick reminder of where you can find us on social media. So Twitter at, at underscore beyond the pond. We've got a medium page, medium.com backslash beyond the pond. We'll post a quick essay about these uh, episodes Spotify, we've got a growing, which is about to be a very, very big. It's gonna be a, it's a gonna be that much bigger of a of a playlist after this episode. It's an ever growing playlist called the Beyond the Pond Podcast Songs playlist. We'll post a link to that once that is updated. Um, and uh, so you guys know, closing out here, twenty eighteen, we are a part of the. Osiris Podcast Network. We encourage you to check out the other podcasts in that network. Um, yeah, really good stuff. In terms of our publishing structure, we generally publish every other Tuesday. And we are going to have um, a Lucy Goosey holiday episode going up before Christmas. And then I think we're going to take a little bit of a well-deserved break. And then we'll be back at some point in mid-January with um, our recap of YMSG, which I am going to three of the four shows. I'm not sure Brian's going to be there. He will be there in spirit for sure. 
I will be webcasting. I got spoiled in Vegas and couldn't talk uh, family into going to New York, which uh, I'm sad about because there's nothing like the MSG around New Year's Eve, but um, maybe next year. We'll see. I get it. You're a dad. You got to do dad things. And the fact that your wife lets you do all the Vegas shows is uh, she's a keeper. She's a keeper. And I'm a dad who now uh, – we should mention we're recording this on the day that we both found out that we're both homeowners, which means going to Vegas is uh, definitely or going to MSG is definitely out of the question. <laughs> yeah, the uh, new East Coast headquarters of Beyond the Pond is going to have a, a designated podcasting room. Actually, I think it's going to be a guest room in which this is going to take place. Excited. Exactly what's going to happen in the Denver office. Very excited for that. So, but on that note, we're going to get going. We very much hope that you have enjoyed this top albums of 2018 recap. I know I had a very enjoyable time recording it. So, come back for our holiday episode. We will join hands. We will definitely be drinking mulled wine and hot toddies and maybe some other things while recording that episode. And we will go... Beyond the pond. This is what space smells like. And you always remember where you were. This is what space smells like. And you will always remember where you were.